Welcome to the High Volume Hiring Podcast. I'm Stephen Rothberg, the founder of job search site College Recruiter. We believe that every student and recent grad deserves a great career. This podcast features news, tips, case studies, and interviews with the world's leading experts about the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to high volume hiring. Thanks for joining us. Today's guest is Johanna Molina, the co-founder and head of impact for Talanta, formerly known as the Intern Group. It's an ed tech platform creating a borderless world for talent. She's also a social and HR ed tech entrepreneur, investor, and mentor. Joanna, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Steven. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. So in, in a minute or two, uh, maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit about Joanna, like who are you? What do you like to do? So yes, in addition to being the co-founder and head of Impact, I was born and raised in Colombia. I lived in the UK for a few years. That's actually where I got to discover that talent is everywhere, but opportunities aren't necessarily everywhere because uh, my career in Colombia was in finance and I went there to further my career in finance. And guess what, Stephen? I didn't have any opportunities um, to actually yeah. do my career in finance. And this is a while back, around 12 years ago. That's where I met my co-founder, David. Um, he was in finance in London. And then we realized that we have the opportunity to opening up the doors for people without the right contacts, without but with the talent to be able to access opportunities. So I've been a passionate, and I believe you are also passionate about providing opportunities for people. And that's at the core of what I do every single day. Oh, that is that is awesome. And, you know, one, one of the things that I've just loved about your organization right from the, right from the first time we were able to work together um, is exactly what you said. It, it is designed from the bottom up to be inclusive, to help people who maybe didn't have, weren't fortunate enough to come from a family where they could go to work for their, you know, their uncle or their sister, or uh, maybe they don't have like a, maybe their first generation um, with a university degree. And they just don't have those connections that are so vital. Um, and you guys really, I mean, forget about a glass ceiling. You've, you, you bust that wide open for them, which is just fantastic. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, talking, you talked a little bit a second ago about um, some of your background. And one of the things that I was really excited to talk to you about is, is the changes that you've seen, um, in, especially when it comes to the early level talent in, say, the past decade. Um, more and more people are talking about early careers, but, you know, call it early careers, call it early talent, call it entry level. What changes have you seen in the last decade? Stephen, one of the biggest changes, I guess, we've seen in the last decade is, is it's not a hypothesis, it's actually a full conviction that talent is absolutely everywhere. I just told you a little bit about my personal experience, but uh, if you speak with my business partner, he's going to tell you um, and he's crazy about sports, particularly football. He's going to tell you how much he has evolved in terms of um, talented football players that were recruited amongst the same city and even same neighborhood a few decades ago. And now the best teams around the world actually have the best players from all over the world. 
I believe we are in that opportunity. Like it's, it's a crucial moment, both for companies to be able to access that those best players from all over the world, no matter where they are located, what nationality, what passport they have. And similarly, for the talent to be able to access those opportunities without any borders. Like what we are creating at Talanta is precisely that borderless world for talent, um, a world where untapped talent can really connect either, I don't know, remote or hybrid through opportunities that can lead into full-time jobs. So I think that's one of the key um, changes that we have seen, especially in the last three, four years. Um, it was uh, very, very important for us in how do we attract talent and also how do we maintain and retain that talent. Um, and on that same topic, we actually run a study with MIT at the end of 2021, precisely to understand how companies are recruiting, how companies are um, attracting the talent? Where are they attracting them from? And it was quite shocking at <laughs> the results of our white paper because we realized that most of the Fortune 500 companies are hiring mainly from the US and Europe, which combines 14% of the world's population. Yep. So where are the opportunities for the remaining 86%? But more than that, like it's a massive, massive opportunity for companies to look outside of like the regular haystacks, let's say, and actually see that there is a world of amazing, as I said, untapped talent for them to attract, retain, motivate into their cultures and everything that comes with it, like all the true diversity or what I would love to call as well, excellence diversity, where people can actually come, add value to the creation of products and services that are for the world. Therefore, they need to be built by people that reflect the world, right? So this is, I believe, one of the most um, important trends that we have seen is that true embracement of, okay, now we have an opportunity to see talent from all over the world. How do we really embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion in organizations? And that comes as well with the very big trend of flexible work and so we can talk about yes many people we were just saying before starting recording how much you travel how much I travel and that suits our lifestyles it's not probably for every single role it's not for every com uh, person but or company but um, the flexibility is something that is really important for people nowadays how they can uh, either do hybrid work or in person if necessary or fully remote it really depends mostly on, on the needs of the organization, matching the needs and expectations from the talent. Yeah, no doubt organizations have, some of them um, have been forced kicking and screaming um, yes. into, into this new world um, because of COVID. <laughs> it certainly accelerated the um, requirement that employers look beyond their neighborhoods and to the, you know, through their states, provinces, countries, globally. Uh, and I, I think that's a great thing. As more and more people work with more and more people worldwide, I think we're going to have fewer problems. Um, you know, if 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 you have friends, family, coworkers in another country, you're, you're much less likely to fear that that country. Um, and uh, also for the organizations, they're able to tap into so much better talent. I mean, forget the as as nice as the we want to do the right thing, we want to do good. Is that how important that is? 
the reality is the C-suite is generally going to be focused on the bottom line. So if you can do good and also improve your profitability, then win-win for everybody. Um, so some of the listeners probably aren't going to be familiar with um, um, with your organization. Tell them if if you would kind of like a little bit more about what it is that you do, what kind of, who, who are your clients? How do you help them? Yes, absolutely. So Atalanta, our purpose is to create a borderless world for talent. It's very, very ambitious and we can't do it alone. Organizations such as yours, our host organizations, all our partner universities from all over the world, we partner with more than 150. And how do we do that is by providing talent to and untapped talent, especially to remote or hybrid internship opportunities that can lead into full-time jobs. We have a platform that connects both education and technology, and we incorporate into the platform bias-free assessments. So that's how we recruit the candidates um, from different universities, as I just mentioned. And we also focus a lot on training our interns and also managers. So training is at the core of what we do as well. We have our own training curriculum. We also have been working with our curriculum partner, MIT Open Learning, to also provide MIT curriculum. And it's really important for us creating those uh, communities of learning where both interns and managers can not only just learn from our curriculum, but also benefit from the power of peer learning. When you are working alongside other managers from other industries across the world. And so that's how we basically, and in terms of how we help our companies, well, by providing them untapped talent that is prevented, that is trained, and allowing them to spend time not screening, but deepening the connections with the candidates and really creating a good experience for them. We'll be back right after this break. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Welcome back to the High Volume Hiring Podcast. So the employer would come to a member of your team and basically say, um, you know, we're looking for 12 interns with the this background, marketing, business development, facilities management, whatever it might be. And then you would then work with your partners, whether that's a job board like College Recruiter, whether that's a, a university career service office sites, whatever. But you would then sort of source that talent and then do the screening and selection. And I would do, do you then present to the employer a list of finalists? You know, do, yes. if they're looking for 12 people, do you come to them with, you know, three dozen candidates and then they choose the 12? Is that how that lasts? that last piece is made? Absolutely. That's precisely what it is because we we don't want them to have to go through uh, hundreds of different candidates. Once we know um, and we can match those criteria um, to give them a pre-selected list of candidates that they can 
well, save time as well. And as I said, dedicate time in actually creating a good experience for the candidate with our support as well throughout. Because as mentioned, with the training that is for the company managers and for the interns, we are always providing that support throughout, which for us is key in the conversion into full-time hires. Yeah, and you're getting into exactly what I wanted to get into next because they don't, okay, <laughs> great. So you source the candidates, you do some screening, you present us with a final slate, we pick, then what? Um, because I think a huge part of the value add is it's it's helping with the onboarding, it's helping with the training, with the ultimate goal that, if the employer likes the candidate and the candidate likes the employer, that there is a permanent match there, right? I don't think any promises up front, but hey, uh, it's kind of a temp to perm relationship, right? So how what's involved in the onboarding, the training for, for an employer that wants to take, whether it's an intern that you help them find or an intern on their own, um, how do you recommend they successfully onboard and train them so that they can essentially retain them over over a long period of time? Absolutely. So we want to make it very easy for our partners to come to us with a job description. So we onboard them into our platform. We help them create their job description. We then give them the candidates that are pre-vetted and pre-selected for them. So once candidates get to our partners, they have already started going through our training. Because that's also very key. Um, when you look at interns or, yes, just entry-level talent, recent grads, it's very difficult. I don't know if you remember your first time that you had an interview, but it was, for me, it was really panicking. <laughs> it's oh, very yeah. scary, isn't it? And you don't necessarily have um, all the skill set required to go through that process and really display your strengths really displays, display who you are right there. And so we support them so that when they get there, they have already gone through different modules in how do you prepare for an interview? So they already have our support even before starting with the organizations. And also for managers, we support them in how do you really understand that this is the right talent for you? especially if it's going to be in a remote environment, if it's from a different culture, um, so that they can get the best out of it. So once we have a match and they start the internship, we have regular um, sessions. So our curriculum is both asynchronous, as probably our audience is hearing us right now. We are not with you right now, but you are hearing us. And synchronous, as you and I are here speaking at the same time. And so this creates a good balance between um, yeah, real-time interaction and also do it in your own time, like different podcasts, different um, readings, different forms of learning for them. One of the key things that we have seen um, for companies to actually be able to convert into full-time hires, in addition to the training, is also having a very purpose-driven culture. Because talking especially about the entry-level talent nowadays, Gen Z, millennials, they really want to contribute to something bigger and build something good for the world, as you just mentioned earlier. Um, in our personal experience, is our purpose that was uh, has been helping us attracting really good talent into the company. So that's one of the key things. And how do you 
connect them and make them feel that they are part of the purpose from an intern or entry-level position. Because sometimes it's hard for them to understand how do I, in a position that is entry-level, contribute to the wider purpose of the organization? And it's very critical for them to feel that they are actually contributing in how they can see themselves reflected long-term in the organization. And another thing that we have seen is by providing flexible work, and that not only means remote work or hybrid, uh, but also how do you think about them in the way, like the future of work is the future of living. How do they see themselves living in the near future? And when we think about that, is humanizing more the future of work, is how do I pretend to retain this talent that is probably going to be living in a different way that I want them to be living in? And so we become a lot more creative when we think about this as the future of living, which is constantly changing for us and providing a trusting environment. So this has been a really great challenge for a lot of managers, especially when you went from full in-person to fully remote uh, overnight. And is how do you actually create a trusting environment And that is essential to create that kind of culture and facilitate all the tools and empower the people in your teams so that they can have clear and transparent communication. How do you create like all these asynchronous and synchronous environments? How do you, um, I don't know, managers really need to learn how to communicate very well and adapt to this like low context communication, both managers and also interns. And a very critical point we were discussing recently is emotional intelligence. And that goes for every participant in the process. It's very, we actually did recently a study um, with more than 500 people participating um, to identify that these are key opportunities for growth, both for managers to actually make their team members feel more included and also for younger generations to be able to progress in their career better. It's one topic that we weren't necessarily taught at university, but more and more people are talking about emotional intelligence is a superpower. And people really stay for the managers or they resign and quit because of the managers. So we need to put a very strong effort into giving the support to those managers that maybe didn't even necessarily have the right training to be so, right? Like a lot of managers learn by managing other people, not necessarily by um, a lot of methodologies going into it. So this is basically how we ensure uh, and how we put an, enough attention that both parties, managers and interns, feel completely um, supported throughout the process and then convert into full-time hires. We even had a case, I wanted to mention this, we had Maria from Mexico, and she was interning at a tech company in the U.S. And the internship was going absolutely amazing. And then I had a one-on-one coaching session with her. I said, okay, Maria, so tell me, uh, have you asked the question about full-time hire? And she was, can I ask that question? I mean, I feel bad. Like, why would they hire me? And so it was very interesting for us to work together and realize that you need to provide the students with, like, the enough Confidence, a lot of this comes down to self-confidence as well in how do you present yourself? How do you ask the question? In this case, it was super interesting because she created um, a presentation on 
everything she's learned during the experience, how her strengths align with the company's goals, and how she sees contributing to achieving those goals. And by the end of that presentation, she got a job offer. <laughs> so, oh, that is awesome. We're not we're not born knowing this stuff. Of course not. Right? Course and, you not. know, when you're 19, 20, 21, you know, stereotypical intern, you know, loads of them are older, but generally early 20s kind yes. of time, right? Probably your first professional position. I would think a lot of the students who are working with you, they're the first ones in their families to have an internship Absolutely. like 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 you described. And I think a lot of them are under this misconception that they're that they have this internship because this company is just merely trying to give back. And so it's kind of like a charity thing. Well, if it's exactly. charity, how do you then go to your manager and say, I think you should hire me permanently? Because then you're asking for lifelong charity. It sounds to me like like this young woman from Mexico that you helped her understand, hey, this is not charity. You're you're helping them accomplish their mission. And let me help you see that and then communicate that. Um, it, it's just it's just not a skill that we're born with. And we are not. It's a you know, you know, I hired you to be a software engineer. I didn't hire you to be really good at interviewing. Um, I also didn't hire you to be really good in a performance review where you're giving me as the manager feedback. And do you want to stay here or not? It's like, this is not part of the job description, but it's really important. People, um, what, one more thing, and then I have another question before we, before we need to lead off, leave off is, and I just, it, you know, a lot of what you were describing, it reminded me of, of the saying that, that people come to work for an organization for the role and for the pay. They stay because of the people. And so for the organizations, the employers that are listening to this, if you've got a really high turnover rate in your internship class, if if 80% of them are not converting into full-time and permanent employees, the problem is it's unlikely that it's related to the work they were doing. It's unlikely that it was related to the compensation. It's probably about the people. Um, and it, and it might simply boil down to a lack of communication. They don't know what you're looking for. You don't know what they're looking for. So, um, it's great that you really help both sides, um, um, open up with that. So, um, one, one last question before we need to leave off. And, and that is before we jumped on, um, I was, um, talking with you, um, I think by email about some horror stories. And you had a you had a fun one that you wanted to share, uh, or that you were willing to share anyway, um, that had to do with New Zealand. So, what uh, what's horrible about uh, about New Zealand? <laughs> Other Nothing than the bugs. horrible. <laughs> Nothing horrible about New Zealand. I must say, it's one of my favorite countries in the world. I did skydiving yes. nineteen feet, nineteen thousand. Oh no, that's feet horrible. No, no, that, no. Perfect, that's not a story. perfectly good airplane. <laughs> do not jump out of it. <laughs> no, I know there was there was um and, and I'm joking about New Zealand being a horrible place. I will I haven't been there. I will get there. It looks it looks fantastic. But there was uh something related to employment. I know, I know. <laughs> so basically, Stephen, a few years back we launched a program that 
was focused on attracting Maori and Pacific students in New Zealand. And mm. after a couple of days of promotion, we noticed that there weren't any applications. It wasn't necessarily performing as we wanted. And so really quickly, we did a couple of focus groups with Maori and Pacific students, and we understand why, and then we improved the campaign. And basically what we noticed from this exercise is that our language and also our promotion were not necessarily resonating or representing them. So very ah. quickly we changed that, really quickly we iterated. But why did I want to share this story, which was initially horror, but then it's, <laughs> it was a very big learning lesson for us, is because we feel that, like us back then, necessarily, like today, a lot of companies when they want to focus on like diversity or they are still not necessarily speaking the language of these groups, you know, and it is an extra argument as well to the importance of diversity in teams when you are building campaigns to actually reflect that diversity through the products, through the technologies, through the services that we are creating today that is shaping the future. And so, yeah, basically from this experience, we learned the importance of having the user as the center and always focusing on that for our strategy, for marketing campaigns, for any new feature that we have in the platform. It's really important to constantly also iterate based on the user's feedback. That's awesome. And as more organizations hire more people globally more are going to run into this problem. Yes. So I, I think you definitely help some out. So Joanna, before we leave off, for the um, listeners that want to reach out to you um, to, to uh, find out more, how should, you, how should they do that? Absolutely. Well, you can find us on We Are Talanta. Um, in LinkedIn, you can find us as Talanta and you can find me as Joanna Molina, J-O-H-A-N-A Molina, M-O-L-A. <laughs> M-O-L-I-N-A. <laughs> you are really testing me, Stephen, today. And I thought my last name was hard to spell. <laughs> well, fantastic. And I really appreciate you sharing um, some of the, the, the goods and the, the quasi-horror story with our listeners. Have a good rest of your day, Joanna. You too, Stephen. Take care and everybody here. Thanks for joining us today on the High Volume Hiring Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Rothberg of job search site College Recruiter. Each year, we help more than 12 million candidates find great new jobs. Our customers are primarily Fortune 1000 companies, government agencies, and other employers who hire at scale and advertise their jobs with us. You can reach me at stephen at collegerecruiter.com. The High Volume Hiring Podcast is a co-production of Evergreen Podcasts and College Recruiter. Please subscribe for free on your favorite app. Review it. Five stars are always nice. And recommend it to a couple of people you know who want to learn more about how best to hire at scale. Cheers. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. out.